thanks for watching our podcast. Here at Spear Consulting, our services include business strategy and human resources consulting. In HR, we offer executive search, executive coaching, and work psychology consulting. Please visit us at spiritmco.com, where we fulfill our clients' dreams virtuously. Enjoy your show. Welcome back to the Leading Virtuously podcast. Very excited to be able to have Gregory Wade on the show today. Let's kick it off. Gregory, who are you? Oh, Christopher, thanks very much. It's great to be with you and great to be with Spirit Consulting as well. You know, I am a half marathoner. Ooh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so much of uh, our lives, uh, you know, folks ask you what you do, who you are, etc. And we tend to rhyme off what we do at, at work. And that's not who we are. You know, uh, I am a father of uh, two wonderful uh, young men, uh, 25 or close to 25 and 22, a wonderful wife of over 30 years. And I'm a half marathoner. And that half marathoner uh, is all about setting objectives, um, setting tone, practice, 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 um, you know, discipline and focus, and then ultimately um, meeting an objective, what are, whether it's just finishing a race. So uh, happy to share that uh, I'm a, you know, again, father, half marathoner and, uh, and a professional as well, who loves to uh, be at the helm of an organization uh, is about to do great things and is known for its high performance team environment. I love that. Um, well, thank you for sharing. Curious, um, how did you decide to stay in the half marathon world instead of the full marathon? Can you tell yeah. us more about that? Oh, it's a great question. And, and so, you know, for me, one of the things I've found in terms of a half marathon is that from a practice perspective and training perspective, you can fit the necessary hours or, or uh, time into your day. Whereas for marathon training, and I've done marathons in the past, it really does consume practically everything that you do. So mm -hmm. um, half marathon really helps you introduce a, um, I'm not so keen on the term, but the, a sort of a balance into your, your life, whether, you know, again, it's that practice, the physical component, the work that you're doing, and as well, you know, how you uh, interact and support your family. So it's, it really fits into a lifestyle. Great. So, you know, all the other ways that you communicated, the way that you channel your energy is in leadership. Can you tell it, and you mentioned that you're a professional. So, so what does a professional life look like, Gregory? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm, I'm at the, uh, the helm of a component of a business, which is all focusing on strategic partnerships. And uh, within a, a cybersecurity organization, um, and that's that's the, the current focus, if you will. Um, from my background and my history and experience, it's really about um, taking the skills that I learned as a professional within uh, the MBA program, and I really fundamentally believe for those out there who are contemplating or have MBAs, that is a professional designation, a professional manager, if you will, or leader that evolution to leader and the opportunity I've been given, which is just incredible is to be able to, to bring individuals with incredible diverse backgrounds and experiences, geographic, educational, business, et cetera, bring them all into a point where you're forming a high performance team environment 
that's focused in on common objectives, common principles, and um, a uh, incredible desired outcome. Let's put it that way. Excellent. What do you think? So from that work that you've done, uh, mm -hmm. can you maybe tell us a story of, of what you feel is like the, 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 the best like transform like transformative team that you've been able to like guide and, and build in that way. Yeah. And it's interesting because over, over your career, you tend to find these instances and these situations where you look at the team and, and you ponder and you, you contemplate, you think, my goodness, this team that's been assembled is doing amazing things. So I've actually had the good fortune over my career to have numerous instances where we've had that high performance team environment and we've done incredible things together. One great example or story, uh, however, does come from my experience over in uh, Asia Pacific in Singapore, uh, where we had uh, folks from Argentina, we had folks from New Zealand, Australia, China, Vietnam, Canada, the United States, the UK, uh, I think South Africa, uh, and uh, Singapore, obviously, Malaysia, Indonesia, unbelievable. I used to call it the United Nations of, <laughs> of, uh, of um, the smartphone industry. So the smartphone business. And what was so incredible about that was that, yes, we had our different backgrounds and experiences, but we were able to cultivate together an incredible environment where we knew if we could, if we could coordinate, collaborate, communicate, that there's nothing we couldn't do within the marketplace and that we could, we could fundamentally make a difference to people's lives and to their livelihood. And that was a very, very different environment where we we're selling technology, but we knew that we were selling and positioning and marketing and supporting technology that was actually making a difference to people's lives. Awesome. Well, thank you for, for sharing on, on that experience as well, Gregory. And, yeah, I can only imagine what it must be like to be on a, a team that that is coined uh, the United Nations uh, within the smartphone industry, yeah. <laughs> and even just like the communication barriers that can happen within a within a within a group like that. Let alone, you know, all the other things that if you're all on the same platform, or you're all on the you know just speaking the same language. There's also a whole host of opportunities to get in each other's way and and things that happen in that front. But then add in that you know just makes it that much more dynamic and complex as it relates to kind of making sure that the team's on the same page and working together as a unit, et cetera. So, so yeah. Um, so Gregory, this, this podcast is all about business and virtue. So where does that intersect for you? Well, it, it's, you know, I've had the good fortune of um, a long um, and exciting career and uh, I was very fortunate at an early age in my career to be inspired by who I an individual who I thought was an amazing uh, CEO, a gentleman by the name of Bill Catucci back at AT&T. And, you know, Bill instilled in me, whether he knows this or not, you never know because um, you, you, you inspire sometimes through action, but he, he certainly inspired in me um, the, an interest in listening to and understanding other people's perspectives, no matter where they were within an organization. And I think that, that Bill, through his experience, he was really great at overcoming the, the perceived organizational barriers and obstacles that exist within companies. And really, um, you know, this notion that, that a lot of execs put forward, which is I have an open door policy and 
and then actually in return they don't. He actually did. Yeah. It tends to be more of a buzzword. He actually. It's an open door policy. Your door is closed. Door is closed. It's impossible to be able to be with you when you die. <laughs> exactly. 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 So so Bill instilled in me, but the, but that sort of that sense of listening and appreciating and and and, un, and recognizing that everyone plays a role in the organization, an important role in the organization. And so through my career, I have been very much an observer of action and, I guess, reaction, um, leadership skills and capabilities. And I, I certainly have seen a lot of examples of what not to do, mm-hmm. uh, but I've really, really helped to hone my focus to the point where, as an example, I really find it important. This really gets down to the virtue component. Um, this recognition that empathy is so critical to a leadership skill set and capability. And so often what happens is that leaders do not demonstrate empathy. They do believe it's really about them when it really is not. You know, the success, the growth, the, the pleasure and the passion associated with the business and where you're taking things is all about the team and the people within your organization. And so there are many wonderful examples where um, I would fundamentally uh, support individuals who are going through tremendous you know, difficulties, but listening and understanding what they were going through from a life perspective and, and talking to them about how could we recraft an opportunity for them to flourish. So rather than looking, you know, down on someone or or criticizing or seeing fault i was coached and guided over my years to leverage each individual's strengths hmm. and it's you know that I, I the term i use often is of course the combination of the whole <clears throat> is much better than the, than, than than you know than the individuals that are involved and that is so true so true um i've also taken it upon myself Christopher, to embark on a, a series of, of videos and podcasts that I do really to guide what I call prospective leaders in, in identifying the, um, the red flags and issues as it relates to toxic leadership. And so it's, it's my, um, my focus, my mandate, I suppose, to eradicate toxic leadership from organizations um, you know, all too often individuals just aren't engaged within companies, particularly because of their leader, their manager, et cetera. And it doesn't have to be that way. So, and that's, that's the defender, correct? That is the defender. Exactly. And the defender is very much focused in on the belief that the more great leaders that we support and we encourage the greater the possibility, the greater probability that we'll have more great leaders as opposed to uh, toxic leaders, recognizing that it takes time, but with the right set of tools and objectives and encouragement and inspiration and podcasts such as this as well, it gives us an opportunity to really demonstrate to prospective leaders, to aspirational leaders, that they don't need to emulate the skills of their immediate manager, that they can look to great examples, and not necessarily to the brand names of leaders out there, but to the great leaders among us. And that there are many great leaders among us that perhaps just don't get the same kind of limelight, the same kind of visibility that uh, you know, some of the 
the world's most renowned leaders receive as, a, you know, as, a, as an example with the Richard Branson. Richard Branson doesn't have to be the only example that we all look up to. So how does that how does that fit into like how does the defender fit into the work that you're doing for the tech organization that you're supporting as well? Is that something that you do concurrently, or is that like as you kind of like go through a period of? of I'm just trying to understand how that kind of like has fit into your own career, Gregory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I I believe is really important when I I'm a member of an organization is continuously challenging the leadership skills and capabilities and that we're constantly looking to be able to up our game and to be the best that we can be in the, you know, with the skills we've been, we've been given and to practice those skills and to continue to hone and grow. And so I do look to be able to bring these skill sets and capabilities in concurrently because the better leader I am within that organization, it gives me the opportunity as well to be able to, uh, further practice my efforts around the defender and to really promote, um, you know, what I see in terms of uh, necessary skill sets and capabilities to be those great, to be those great leaders. So it's good food, food for thought as well. So, and I'm not looking for you to name drop in any way, but can you mm-hmm. maybe share an example of, of serving as a, as a mentor to a mentee and how they were able to have a breakthrough in their own career? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and I, it's something as well that um, I really do focus in on is this recognition, the importance of, of encouraging individuals who may not know that there are mentors out there who genuinely want to help them, that are, who are genuinely interested in their success and their growth. And that's the first thing is just overcoming that, that misperception that, that there may not be people out there for me with whom I can interact who I can ask questions of, who can challenge me, and with whom I can grow. So why do you why do you think that people fall into that trap? Well, there isn't a, there isn't enough information and guidance out there to, and it's amazing to me when you think about it to really um, impress upon, particularly our our youth, but particularly even folks in mid mid career, even in later in career, that that the term mentor is not meant to be just a short-term interaction with a, um, with a sort of a finite goal, that there are people who are accessible uh, to you. And, and all too often what happens is you'll, it, those individuals who are in those positions, whether they're youth, whether they're mid-career and later in their career, they're told to network. And networking, it, networking is a component, but it's not the only component of of helping you to be able to grow and to challenge yourself and to look for new avenues. And to me, part of the, well, to me, the answer is in identifying key mentors. And um, you have to challenge yourself to be able to look out into, and we have now the tools available to us, whether it is LinkedIn or others, but others as well, Um, you know, media, um, personal, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, reports, books, white papers, whatever it might be from individuals who truly want to take on the, the mentorship um, engagement. Because there are a lot of folks out there that just don't, aren't that visible. And we tend to sort of fall into this trap that now I have to read this book about, you know, um, you know Jack Welsh to, to be a good leader. And, and that's not at all the case. And yes, it's great to have, um, you know, Simon Zenick out there. Awesome to have very good in terms of his voice and his 
his message. But again, he's not the only person and he may not always necessarily um, connect with everyone. And uh, he also isn't there to actually spend the time, the one-on-one time with you to be able to help you through whatever challenges you're, you're facing. So it's a, there's a huge gap. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of folks feel kind of lost at, uh, lost at sea, whether they're entering their career or mid-career or even later stage. Now, I'll give an example, Christopher. I had a um, wonderful, uh, wonderful individual within my organization many years ago. Uh, who was supporting me out of out of uh, North America, supporting our business out of, and while well, I was in Asia Pacific. And she came to me one day and said, you know, I'm going through some personal challenges and, and um, I really would like to relocate to Asia Pacific, to Singapore, to be there physically as part of your organization. And for me as well, to get a bit closer to my uh, roots, my origins. Um, you know, I'll still do the same work, et cetera. And I was really open to the idea. Took on, and the individual was going through some really tough times um, at, that, at that moment. And I, I, I thought it was such a wonderful opportunity to, to, to support her interests and her desires. And uh, she relocate, relocated over to, uh, to Asia and just did an incredible job. I think it was two years later, she came to me and said, you know, uh, times have changed. I'm having a great time. However, I'd like to move back to the States. <laughs> And, um, and she actually said, listen, you know, I'm fully prepared to, uh, I understand you helped me come over here. I'm fully prepared to just um, resign and move on if that's what, if that's what you, uh, you know, wish or your desire. And I said, no, no, we want, you know, you're an incredible person. No matter where you are in the world, we want you part of the team. So we supported the move back to, uh, back to the States mm-hmm. and again, continued on with that relationship over the years. And she did, again, an incredible job, no matter where she was in the world. And, and you think about that experience and just the, the opportunities that existed for a different decision. Yeah. And it wouldn't have been the right decision. The decisions that were made were the right decisions because one, there was communication. One, there was mutual respect. Um, one, there was a mentorship. And the other was certainly you know, the performance and the desire to continuously challenge herself really, um, really meant a lot. Now a word from our sponsors. Have you been feeling unfulfilled? One of the best ways to experience joy is by caring for the homeless. A charity that I've grown to love, River of Light, food rescues a million meals per year for the needy in Chicago. Imagine how that make you feel knowing that you're helping feed homeless children and veterans. To make a tax-deductible donation, please visit riveroflightchicago.org. Again, that URL is riveroflightchicago.org. No one should go to bed hungry. So Gregory, well, thank you for sharing that story. And yeah, I think, you know, as you mentioned that, you know, different leaders may be able to say like, this is getting to be too much. And, and, and I way rather prefer just to have this person, you know, situated next to me where I can see them every day. And, and obviously in the middle of the pandemic, that's shifted a lot of people's viewpoints on the way that work is to be done and and work to be accomplished. But yeah, I agree that, that, you know, as you mentioned, that there was a relationship there, there's already a, a mentor-mentee relationship there. And, and then there's also mutual respect of seeing the work that's already there to, to recognize that 
that, uh, you know, I think it's another thing too, if, if this person is just already not being able to, you know, fulfill the role, et cetera. And then they're putting a big ass like that. You're like, you have to think hmm, this is something that we want to take on. But when that's all there, then it's like, what is other than me just wanting to control things? Is there any, any real reason as to why this can't be a possibility? Um, you know, obviously time zones and stuff like that, but if you guys can work that out from a, from the, the team being able to meet regularly and the communication is there, then, then yeah, obviously we're starting to see that people can work anywhere in the world as long as, is we're able to accomplish the the goals of the organization that are being set forth as well. Exactly. You got it. And having an open mind and, and taking the time to think about the other person's perspective and their situation. Again, it's not as a leader, it's not all about you, <laughs> not all about me. Yeah. And, and so I think too often that's, that's what we find in, in toxic leaders is that it is all about them. And, um, you know, the challenge is for them to, one, either recognize that in and of themselves, and that's difficult to do, um, or the more, as we, as we were discussing earlier, Christopher, supporting and helping to grow prospective leaders and aspirational leaders to be the best they can be. That's how we help to overcome a lot of the toxicity as well. So I feel like sometimes, Gregory, that I think one of the knocks on, on you know, leadership or great leadership or inspirational leadership virtuous leadership is that people who look that big well you know we're still people and and oftentimes or they could say wow that's a really pious thing to say is like you've got all the answers and i think some of the greatest um leaders that i've i've read or followed or etc have always kind of recognized that it is a journey and that the more that you go the further that you go into leadership the more you recognize the fact that you don't have all the answers yes um, and we're all works in progress so can you maybe speak to some of the ways some of the virtues that you're presently working on or some of the leadership traits that you're still uh working to perfect in your own uh journey oh definitely definitely i think it's a, it's such a great question and i i think that you know Constantly challenging yourself to be the best you can be and learning and, and absorbing is, is so important to anybody's growth. And um, I don't know uh, if, if many, uh, we'll see how many of your listeners are, uh, are Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans, but all you have to do is take a look as well at Tom Brady as an example and the fact that he's at the top of the game. <clears throat> he is, as they say, the GOAT. However, he not only has great coaches, he has great mentors. So even at the top of his game, he is constantly challenging himself, constantly looking for ways to do things differently, to grow, to find something new. And, and I think that we can all draw some inspiration from that. And certainly I do. And then I like to pass on that similar kind of inspiration um, to others. So, you know, the sense that, that uh, don't just accept the status quo. It's important to be able to ask questions. Why? I always, I always suggest to folks, you know, remember who, what, when, where, why, and how. If you, if you can ask those questions, you're going to do really well because that genuinely, genuinely shows that you're truly interested. You're not just going through the motions. And so, you know, from my perspective, uh, what's also really important on the, on the virtuous side, if you will, and, and the leadership skill component is recognizing as well that you don't have all the answers to your point and that there are amazing people out there all with different experiences and different perspectives. And if you can bring those people together all under one proverbial roof, roof or, uh, then, then you're so much stronger 
in bringing those individuals together and, and respecting and appreciating the opinion and perspective that they bring to that, to that table. Um, you know, I often comment that I'm a, what's called a participative leader. So you have, of course, a lot of consensus leaders, you have a lot of uh, autocratic leaders. And, you know, from my perspective, and I think there'll be a, probably be a lot of folks out there within your community as well, who would see themselves as participative leaders. So that taking that opportunity to bring everybody into the fold and, and understanding different, different opinions and perspectives, but then ultimately still being able to make a decision, but an informed decision and a decision that you ultimately, you know, believe is the right, uh, the right path forward. So do you, do you practice what you preach Gregory in that? Do you have a, a mentor presently and how are some of the ways that he or she are stretching you? Well, that's a good question. And um, I do have uh, a mentor, with whom I uh, connect with regularly. And in fact, um, she and I had a conversation earlier on today. Uh, she's over in uh, Hong Kong. And um, the opportunity we talked, we, we actually kind of were chuckling around the fact that, you know, one of the key um, differentiators in terms of mentors versus coaches, and coaches are awesome, but mentors in particular, is that you can, if it's your desire or your mentor's desire, have a relationship for 30, 40, 50 years. I've recently interviewed um, uh, C-levels and, and senior executives in some organizations around their path to mentorship. And so many reflect upon the fact that they too have had mentors for 20, 30, in one case it was 45 years. Now, it may not be, of course, that you're, con you're communicating with them every single day. It may not be you're communicating with them, you know, weekly, but you know that they're there and that when you meet with them, whether it's over video conference or face-to-face, -face, it's like you met yesterday. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's that's excellent. So, well, and well, thank you for, for answering that. And, and um, yeah, I, I know for myself, I've been working with Greg, my mentor, for for the last two years now. And, um, and I can see how it, it's just like when you work with people, when you, first of all, as you mentioned, it requires a little bit of vulnerability and, and candidness to just share, like, you know, some of these areas where you feel like you like, you don't have the answer necessarily, but they've been able to do it at a at higher level and help you to be able to see it in, in a, a different way. Um, but yeah, and I think that probably oftentimes can be the barrier because if, if, if people do have an ego and you're not willing to admit the fact that like, I don't, I don't have the answer here, yeah. Uh, yeah. that is kind of like the basis of being able to start uh, a mentor mentee relationship. And, and uh, I think that the other thing that's unique about this too, is like for Greg, he, you know, I wasn't necessarily just reaching out to him or seeking that relationship. Um, he kind of just, he was getting to this place where he felt like his business was starting to, uh, um, kind of like plateau. He was ready almost to retire and he was just realizing like he has all these leadership skills that he wants to pay forward and wanted to start being able to pour into other people that he knew. And mm -hmm. that just seemed like a win-win for both of us. But I think that, and I wonder also like in my own career, Gregory, it's interesting that both my 
<laughs> I just yeah. the same name as him. But anyways, in, in my own, in not to confuse that Gregory Wade is not my current mentor. But anyways, <laughs> so, so, but like, you know, in my career, just thinking back, like, have there been maybe people that have kind of been, being able to um, just offer that, that maybe I didn't even recognize, you know, or I can think back to maybe there was times where if I would have just done the ask and been like, you know, Hey, I feel like I'm stuck in this way. would love like some advice on a regular basis to help me push through some of these barriers that I'm running into. Most, most often than not, they probably would have been like, yeah, absolutely. Like would love to be able to pay it forward in that regard. But just again, I, you know, I don't think that I was at the same place of humility to be able to ask, like genuinely ask and say like, Hey, is this that I need help, et cetera. And I think that is oftentimes the, you know, as we're talking about leadership, that can be a really big barrier for people to, to move these types of relationships for. I agree. I agree. And I think that so, so part of that um, overcoming that obstacle also can come down to research. So more and more, there are individuals who are mentors who are sharing the fact that they are interested in mentorship. So it could be even on a, on a LinkedIn profile, it could be in some of the material that they've written or an opinion that they've, they've shared. Uh, then it gives you a, a, even a better probability that when you do ask the question that they'll be open to, uh, to your, your interest or to, open to your vulnerability and, and really see it as such and, and respond in kind. Cause I think that it, to your point, Christopher, that is one of the biggest obstacles is, well, if I'm expressing myself in whatever way and it's expressing in a vulnerability, then I'm putting myself at risk. And that's one of the biggest success factors of any mentor, mentor, mentorship or mentee relationship is that trust and that faith that, uh, you can be who you want to be in that, uh, or who you are, I should say, in that discussion and, and that in, in that interaction and not be judged. So what would you say to someone that, that is listening to this podcast and, and thinking to themselves like, you know what, I've, I actually have never had a mentor that I could say as like as an official basis. What would be some of the steps that you might, what are the practical steps that you might guide someone into of, of thinking about how to go about finding uh, someone to, to serve in that, that mentor role. Yeah. Well, some of the sort of most immediate ways, and one of the challenges, of course, just given, you know, the coronavirus and, and working remotely, but one of the, I think, more straightforward ways is in talking with um, your immediate, uh, we'll call it network, Christopher, but it's your immediate um group of individuals who truly do love and appreciate you mm. having that conversation because uh, i have <laughs> i have this this belief that you know one one door opens another door which opens another door which opens another door you don't know if you open yourself up you don't know if it's going to result in something that first time or or ever but ultimately it will result in it'll result in something positive because you've taken the step so that's the first is talk amongst your the your trusted network of individuals who are genuinely supportive of you and express you're looking for a mentor use that term because i think a lot often that folks just don't know that that is a, a term it's a it's a it's a skill if, if you will um that is uh is is quite known um or sorry quite readily available if you take the steps i should say and that's the first the second is um 
to do some research on, on LinkedIn, to uh, take a look at keyword searches um, and to identify individuals who are interested in mentorships. Take a look at the material that's been uh, presented as well, whether it's um, you know, LinkedIn um, 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 posts, whether it's videos as an example. I mean, obviously within my, my Defender, I talk a lot about mentorships. So there's some you know, good examples there as well. And, um, and, and spend some time, of course, on, on my, my um, you know, Defender site, because I think you'll find a lot of information there. But then beyond, if you're within a company, um, definitely look to leadership within your company, not your immediate manager. The immediate manager is not going to be a mentor. I, I think nine and a half times out of 10, it's not going to happen uh, for a whole variety of reasons. Mm. Um, and, um, and, and so seek out those individuals within the company as well, um, who have an appreciation and respect uh, for you. And if you're not known to them, you can still open the door. Awesome. So Gregory, how can, um, people get a hold of you in the, the work that you're doing? Well, they can certainly uh, check out, um, uh, gregorymwade.com. That's one, one place. And there's actually a lot of detail as well in terms of how to go about finding, mentors as uh, a program that I've shared called path. And at the same time, they can reach out to me on email at uh, leadership at Gregory Super easy. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll definitely share that in the, in the notes on the show as well. And real appreciate, uh, you know, serving on the podcast and, and being able to hobnob with me about uh, all things leadership and, and yeah, you've had such a, uh, just wild career and, uh, first person that's been on the podcast thus far that's been doing things on an international basis. So appreciate uh, being able to bring those different thoughts and philosophies to beyond just what's happening here domestically. So appreciate that. And uh, yeah, uh, any last words to close us out? Well, it's been, been a pleasure being with you, Christopher, and spending some time. And, and I think that what is mo- so important is getting the message out there, right? You know, whether it's a uh, just a message of inspiration, a message of support, a message of knowledge um, of the possibilities that are available to anyone who's either in a rut, they're stuck, maybe they're looking to just continue to challenge themselves and grow even more. Um, just know that there's just tremendous, you know, tremendous people or resources out there to help support you. Excellent. Well, thank you again for sharing and uh, <clears throat> look forward to continuing the dialogue with you as well, Gregory. You bet. Sounds great, Christopher. Thanks again. Yep. Bye-bye. Hey, Chris here. Hope you enjoyed the episode where we discussed all things going bald. (laughs) Just joking. The Leading Virtuously podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and the podcast, will you please subscribe on YouTube or Apple Podcasts or Spotify? Or you could also share it with a friend. That would be tubular. I hope you have an awesome day.